There is no horseman. There never was a horseman. There never will be a horseman. Some say it is the witch of the western woods. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? Excuse my manner. I'm not used to Female company? Perhaps there is a bit of a witch in you. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. If you are wise, you will leave this place. Sleepy Hollow, rated R, Friday, November 19th, in theaters everywhere. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hey! Hey, if you are a uh, coming back to us listener, thanks for coming back. If you are a new (laughs) listener, welcome. Um, We are old millennials because we are technically millennials, but we're old for being millennials. Right? Yeah, we're on That's the tail I, end of the yeah. uh, the cutoff or whatever. Yeah, I used to be ashamed of being a millennial, but now I wear it with pride. I'm like, yeah, I'm a millennial, bitch. I know how to use a computer. We're ta- what? We're taking it back. We're taking it back. Right. Yeah. Listen, boomers, you're the ones who gave us those participation Plus, can, trophies. Can't we all agree that the, uh, what's the thing after us? Z- a Gen Z? Gen Z? They suck. Yeah. yeah. Unless they listen, then of course we love you. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't. They're like, this this exclusive oh that night that movie from 1999 that's like too old yeah they're like ew actually I do know some gen gen zers and they are like what's that movie and i'm like jesus christ it's not that old it's not like 1940 what i found odd from the clip you just played is that i didn't realize this thing came out in november like it's a halloween movie it is definitely a halloween movie it came out big like, budget maybe they're hedging their bets on it being like more of a thanksgiving performer i suppose but it's very i don't know it's r it's rated r it's pretty gory like this is yeah. a halloween this era, is not october a, this is not a thanksgiving movie weird weird yeah like what happened what were they thinking i don't know i made money so i guess they were smart so that's right today we we're talking about sleepy hollow and we will get into that soon but before we jump into that we have a little segment called What You Been Watching, where we give you all the important details of all the things that we are watching that you may or may not want to watch as well. The title of the segment really fits what it is. What You Been Watching. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, in the vein of Halloween, I did watch, like everybody, it seems like. Uh, no, a little, not a little, me. Not you. Everybody I'm else. smart. Uh, Who Be Halloween. No. I don't even want to hear Sandler. you talk about it. It's the net, it's, you know, Adam Sandler has a, a contract with Netflix, which I mean, good for him. He's made a lot of money from him, I'm sure, and they keep making these movies. Um, most of his, I, well, okay. I would, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that's going to be terrible. Cause all those movies usually are, right? Um, except, you know, when he does his dramatic, sometimes he does like uncut gems or punch drunk, you know, he can be a good actor and I like Adam Sandler in a lot of things, but. Uh, usually it's like, oh, it's this new Netflix comedy. You're just like, okay, whatever. But then I saw some things like reviews, like, well, this one's actually not bad, or this was like the better of like his Netflix comedy. I was just uh-huh. like, really? <laughs> okay, so I watched the trailer. Yeah, and here's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought I could like that movie, and then I heard him doing the like the, the voice yeah. of the character. Yeah, like why, why, Adam? You don't have to do that. Like Cause that's his brand. It's his brand, but he could just like not do that, and the director could be like. Dude, that's not working. I th- well, the director's just his friend because it's another guy who's just done a little Nicky and other movies with him. So, I mean, so I mean, yeah, 
it would be a lot better if he wasn't doing the voice. It's more extreme because he's like supposed to be kind of a likable character. character. Well, Happy Gilmore, pa- Billy Madison is the one who kind of has like a voice, but he would go in and out of it too. This is a character that just has the voice. And yeah, so, to me that feels like you're- it's the Water Boy essentially. Water Boy had the same kind of. I don't like it. Deal. Yeah, I don't either. And it's it's set at Halloween, and it's not like a scary movie. In fact, I I, I would say other than what's the sh- the shirts that the the grandma played by June Squibb wears. Uh, which are like, she doesn't realize that they're offensive because she buys them at a, like a thrift store or whatever. Uh-huh. Other than that, it's a pretty, f- like, kid friendly movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see, if you look at it at that angle, it's like, it's not scary. It's like, not particularly, like, over the top in terms of a like, raunchy humor. So it's like, I guess it could be considered, like, kind of family friendly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty lazy, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's, it's just like, there's so many cameos from people, and so it just kind of, like, you know, it, it's not good, It's but it's kind of watchable, kind of, if you take away his voice, oh, which is frustrating. I can't. So then I was like, well, I mean, how could this be considered one of his better ones on uh-huh. Netflix? So then, I, see, I haven't watched a lot of them. I've only watched, like, he did, like, the Meyerowitz stories with Noah Baumbach. He That's did like the a, what? It's called the Meyerowitz stories okay. with Noah Baumbach. That's, like, a real movie. That was a Netflix movie, technically, but it's good. And, of course, Uncut Gems and stuff like that. But I hadn't watched a lot of his, like, comedy movies from the Netflix. Last 10 years. So I decided to start... I said, I said, I was like, well, what's the one that everybody thinks is the worst? And that's... Just, the first one was The Ridiculous Six. It was, like, the Western one he made, right? You are such a glutton for punishment. I know. I never watched it. So it was there. So I turned it on. And I was like, well, I mean, compared to Ridiculous Six, Hoobie Halloween is very good. Because... <laughs> Uh, oh my god, the Ridiculous Six is awful. I, and it's like two hours. It's unbearable. I, I wish Netflix would put out its ratings. Like, how many people have watched it? That's just it. They, it's a lot. Like, they do put, I mean, they, I mean, they, they obviously lie yeah. about their numbers. They inflate them. But I, I believe them when they say it, it's they're usually their most watched movies. No. Because they keep giving them movies. Like, they just say, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want. Who's watching these? Certainly not our listeners who well, are smart. I mean, I watch some of them. <laughs> That's true. You're you're so dumb. But the ridiculous six is so. It's just. It's not comedy. Okay, then why <laughs> did you finish it? Oh, uh, because you know. Let me see if it's gonna get better. Plus, I knew Norm no. Macdonald was gonna appear at at some point, and he is in the movie about an hour in for about fifteen seconds, and I was like, well, I mean, it was that. Um, funny thing, not so funny. The a couple weeks ago, uh, someone was talking about. I got really excited because I thought I was going to join in on some Norm Macdonald banter. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were talking about dirty work. And mm. I was like, oh, man. And dirty then, work, yep. And, but, but what the person had said is, oh, I was just watching Dirty Jobs. And I was about to be like, oh, yeah, Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. And I was like, Ugh. Dirty Jobs is a reality show about a guy who's like... It is. It is not Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. No. It's a popular television show. I was disappointed. Show. I think that's that's an old show, too, though. I don't think that guy's doing that anymore, uh, is he? I think so. He's a political pundit now. Fun. Um, Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, so I watched that. It's whatever. Fine. For Halloween. Well, uh, watching Ridiculous 6 made me appreciate it more. That's for sure. That's not a good thing. You waste so much time on such terrible... I was playing Fortnite while I watched Ridiculous 6, so, so it's okay. So maybe it was really good and you just weren't engaged. Maybe. Doubtful. I see that was a that was a comment for the Zennials. Uh, I'm hip. Is that with, what they're called? I don't know. Is that what they're called? Gen Xers? Maybe. No, Zennial. Gen X is before. It's Gen Z. Zennials or whatever. Yeah. That the co- the Fortnite comment was for them because they do those things. Don't you also play Fortnite? Yes, but I'm telling you, I'm hip to them, and they should come in and listen to our show. Yes, I know you like to play games that young children play. <laughs> Although we do refuse to learn Minecraft, which I, I. 
Our kids really like Minecraft, God. and they play it, and they're like, oh, I can do this, and we're just like, we don't know what you're saying. So, so this past week, Elliot, who's seven, has been like, mom, mom, I'm going to teach you how to play Minecraft. And I was like, I kind of don't want to learn. <laughs> and he's like, like, I don't want to learn. He's like, but mom, I really want to teach you. And I was like, but don't you like already talk to me about it enough? And he's like, yeah, but I want you to really experience it. And I was like, but don't I like watch you play it? And he's like, yeah, but I really want you to learn how. And I was like, yeah, but I really don't want to. And that's how you be an awesome millennial mom. I could probably get into it because it is like, it's a, you know, it's a creating a world thing. And I've done that on like, see, but I need a hook, right? Yeah, These building need, like, things. You need like a movie hook. There was when the Jurassic World Evolution game came out where I could build Jurassic Park. Yeah. Okay. That's a game I can play. Yep. Before it was like Disney Infinity. It was like, oh, you can build Disney things with your Disney characters. And it was a huge cash grab. But I'm like, but yeah, it's Disney. <laughs> so I'm just like, I like that. Exactly. Minecraft, it's just a bunch of blocky little things. I don't, I don't like how it, it looks. I can't see shit. And they play split screen. I can't even see what they're doing. Yeah. It all just looks like blobs to me. Yeah, blobby blobs. Okay. Yep. The next thing you watched was a play on a title of a movie yeah. That we all enjoy. I, I watched, uh, it's on Netflix. It's called The 40 Year Old Version. Not Virgin. No, Version. Version. And it is, um, it's black and white, um, but it's a oh, new. I'm out. Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a new film, um, written, directed by, and starring Rada Blank. She's like a, a writer. Um, it's semi, I guess semi autobiographical in that she is, playing someone who was like a playwright you know was in the i don't know how true this is but some of it's related she was like named to like a in new york like a prestigious like 20 oh 25 best artists under 25 or something like that right a lot of pressure so she you know because she wrote something really great then well okay so now she's pushing 40 Mm -hmm. she is still working as a playwright kind of it's hard she's got you know she's her her friend is her agent and it's a struggle and she's also teaching, right? So she's trying to survive. And so, um, in the middle of this, uh, and it's a pretty, it's it's a pretty funny movie. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the hook, I think. She's, you know, as a writer director, she's probably those things first versus an actor. It's maybe not a great, great performance, but it's funny, and she's pretty good in playing this part. But anyway, like the hook is that she kind of starts to realize that, oh, I, I kind of just like I like rapping. I like coming putting the lyrics together, and mm-hmm. she kind of meets this kind of younger guy who's like a producer a little bit and they just kind of start casually doing this and she really likes it and so then she starts to explore that world mm-hmm. of like the hip hop or being like a like an artist that way. Is she like on, a white girl? No, no. It's oh. no, she's a black woman and um but she's also trying to produce this play. So there's this okay. con- there's these two things going on where she hates how her play is getting turned into like the producers have turned it into this horrible like ra- quote unquote race story mm-hmm. which she hates and then she's doing this like rap thing on the side which she's not like great at but like you know she's you know there's something there right so it's pretty good it's a it's a it's a it's a nice uh, it, it's funny i think it's kind of uh has a good voice and a unique voice to it it's definitely mm-hmm. like her movie and you get kind of just a different perspective i like the black and white it felt very um I don't know. Sometimes that it works really well for like a low budget type movie. You can kind of just it's New York City or whatever, but it just feels like it's I don't know. It adds a little hint of what's the word? I don't know. Is it romanticism? Maybe it adds a little bit of like I don't know. It just feels like you know, just feels like almost like an 
it's a real place, but it's like elevated or something. You know what I mean? It just feels, it just, it, it emphasizes Fancier. the locale more. It's a fancy movie. No, it's not played that way. Cause then she has like these little asides where like these other characters are talking to the camera, very like Spike Lee, like where they're so like, why black and white? I, I, I stylistic, I think she, I think part of it might've been sh- like actually shot on film and that is like, can be considered cheaper. Cause, mm-hmm. but, but most people don't shoot on film nowadays. They shoot digitally. So. I could have done some research on that, but I didn't. You suck. Okay. It's good, though. It's on Netflix. It's t- totally worth um, watching. So first you watch Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> well, I didn't watch it, like, and then you the watch same night. you watch but... 40-year-old version. Yeah. It's good. And then you flash back, and you're like, maybe I'm in the mood for, like, a baseball movie. Oh, okay. Because the playoffs are going. So I have M- Moneyball. It is, I think, when I wrote my top ten for that year, I think it was 2011, was my favorite movie of that year. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It's an Aaron Sorkin script. Bennett Miller directed it. Brad Pitt. Um, I have the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Had it since it came out, right? But I saw the schedule for Netflix. It was like, coming Wednesday, Moneyball. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to fucking watch Moneyball. I can't wait to watch Moneyball. But uh, So I waited. <laughs> I just was like, I, ha- I could watch it anytime. I could go grab my Blu-ray and go get it, right? So then, like, I almost forgot it was Wednesday when it came on, right? And then I think you and I were just in the living room, and, like, it's the first thing that came, like, didn't push it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and sometimes they played a clip, and then it started playing the Moneyball clip, and you're in the room, and I was just like, whenever you're ready to go to bed, I'm starting Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to, I mean, you, I said you want to watch Moneyball, you're like, no, let's watch something else. I'm like, fine. But when you go to bed, I'm watching Moneyball. Such a and dork. I stayed up very late, and I almost got through the whole thing. I had to finish, like, the last, because it was, like, 2.30 in the morning. But, uh, God, it's good. But I'll say this, like, and I, and I felt this way when it came out. It is a baseball movie. It's about, you know, how the economics basically change. And it's completely, I mean, this, everything in baseball now is, is run through what first kind of started as a money ball, right? So, um, it, it's interesting in that regard, but it's just a really well made movie. Um, but it's not, if you're really into baseball, mm-hmm. some of the details are a little bit just like, oh, but that, like, there's this, like, there's sequences where they're doing trades and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is a really well-written movie. That's not how that works. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a few things where, or, you know, like, yeah, the Oakland Athletics looks really good that year. They're kind of omitting the part, like, oh, they had they lost all these people and they got these, uh, this side-arm-throwing guy and they got Chris Pratt to uh, be their, uh, catcher turned, uh, you know, old catcher turned first baseman. And all of a sudden they were really great. I was like, well, they had like a really good rotate. Like they had a lot of really good, like they were really good before they even added these extra pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, if you know, if there's just the knowledge of baseball will almost like it, it kind of like just kind of dirties it a little bit, but you know, every, every decision is like, oh, well, they're doing that for, it's for the narrative. Like you're trying to make it so it's accessible. Yeah. You're currently that, that nerdy guy when a bo- movie's based on a book who's like, oh, but actually no in book. Well, I'm even nerd in that because I'm just, I'm a guy that like listens to like off, I mean, the World Series is going on, but like my team's been out for a while. Um, but I listen to like, I even listen, I listen to base, I listen to baseball podcasts, but not only that, I listen to baseball podcasts in the off season, like when there's not even games yeah, being like, played. Yeah, like what are they even talking about? Oh, there's so many scenarios you gotta talk about. You gotta talk about arbitration. You gotta talk about free agency. You gotta talk about free agent. You know, you gotta talk about who's coming in, who's leaving. What's the budget going to be because of the pandemic? They're going to have to lose 10, 20%. It's a big deal. You got to figure it out. So many things. Anyway, Moneyball is really good. I'm staring at you. <laughs> Moneyball is so good. And I'll tell you, there's this, um, there's a scene in the, uh, about 40 minutes in where he takes his daughter to go pick out a guitar. Brad Pitt? Yeah. And she plays a little song and it's a 
popular song. The movie kind of like skims over the fact that maybe it was written by her or whatever. I don't. It's um, it, it it's a wonderful like moment between, and it's great Brad Pitt performance just because it's so subtle and he's just like he's obviously enamored with his daughter in that moment. He's just impressed by her and um, it's a great scene. But then like the arc of the movie, you know, at the end it comes around where he can maybe go and leave and be part of a, get paid a lot of money to go do what he's doing in somewhere else. And the reason that we know he stays is because he puts this music on again, and it's just like, oh, God, it's some good writing. It's a good movie. I love it. It's not just a baseball movie. Oh, Jonah Hill's really good in it, too, yeah. and he um, he's a good actor. That's like his first Oscar nomination. He got another one for Wolf of Wall Street, so. Yeah. People underestimate Jonah Hill, too. He's very good. Yep. Good movie, Moneyball, on Netflix. From 2011. Yep. And then I watched uh, one more. It's uh, a rental. You can watch it by renting it. You're spending money? Yeah. Just spend money. Tyler. It's called uh, Kajillionaire. Mm-hmm. I really liked... I was looking forward to this movie. It is from Miranda July, who's a filmmaker I like. She made a movie called Me and You and Everyone We Know or You Know. Mm-hmm. Very strange, a very unique voice of a filmmaker. And this is a movie about um, these two... It's really about the daughter who's played by Evan Rachel Wood, and she's they're they're just super poor. It's her and her parents, and they live in this like soap factory, like some shitty room and like something. And they're just like small time hustlers. They're just like they won't get a job. Evan Rachel Wood is playing someone who's very antisocial, so she's just like crippled socially. She can't work. But uh, the parents are Richard Jenkins and Deborah Winger, and they're just like, oh, let's see if we can snag this money from here. We'll make a scam about. Uh, getting our luggage returned on an airplane, but we won't have to, like, you know, we'll just lie. We'll have someone snag the bag, and then we'll get the money for the lost bag. And it's just little scenarios of just, like, small-time hustling and small-time, like, conning people out of money, right? So they're really... It's a weirdo premise with those guys, and then they bring in... It's a, another woman that they meet who's just kind of, like, kind of in, just interested in them because they're so strange. It's Gina Rodriguez. I think... Is that her name? She's the Jane the Virgin. Sure. Um, so she's kind of normal and then, you know, she's just kind of starting to, and then she, the, that starts kind of friction because she's like the daughter's age and so it starts some friction between the parents a little bit. So it's very, it's very oddball. Evan Rachel Wood's doing a voice, but she's, you know, she's a good actress. So I, I think it works fine. And the parents are obviously, you know, those are great actors and weird, um, not for everybody, but uh, it's same kind of wavelength as me and you and everyone we know. So I just kind of dug it right off the bat. It's just a strange... Uh, movie about strange people doing strange things and you don't really know where it's going to go because they're so strange they're afraid of earthquakes and so they're all just panicking about like an earthquake being the big one they're all going to die and then that's the thing that goes on and it goes all over the place but it's good I like it love movies about strange characters and it, well there's just it, it, what I like about it is that it, it, it's not like she's no one's really making movies like Miranda July is making it's just it's it's a very specific voice and I think the, there are people out there that probably would just think, like, that's annoying. I can't tolerate those characters. Leave me alone. Fine. But when you see as much as I do, I like things that are just a little bit offbeat and it's not expected. So yeah, cool. I enjoyed it. You can rent it. It's uh, It was supposed to go out theatrically, but it is VOD. Okay. That's it. That's it. Tyler, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was it. a lot, though. Yeah, you know. Whew. Gotta you, get through it. You, you're watching a lot. That's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I do. I haven't watched a lot of horror movies, I haven't though, seen which is any odd. of those. Well, I guess I saw Moneyball. Yeah, you've seen Moneyball before, so that's good. 
Don't worry, next episode I predict that you'll have seen several of them because we didn't even oh, talk about a few things. Prediction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you watch anything or no? Just my usual garbage. Actually, I've been watching a lot less, but uh, a new season of Van Helsing came That fits out. into what we're talking about. What's Van Helsing about? Is it about Van Helsing? It's about, um, uh, what's it called when you're like, grandparent to somebody you're like the ancestor yeah so it's like a you're a descendant yes that's the word like a Dis- the disney channel uh movies Stop. the descendants yeah so which it's we've about also a woman seen. named vanessa vanessa van helsing, van helsing <laughs> come on who is a descendant <laughs> of the vanessa. van helsing her name is vanessa van helsing yeah all right yeah does she go around people call her vanessa or they call her van helsing they go, or they go VVH? No. I don't know. What's up, VVH? I don't know. JTT? So it's a world of, you know, vampires, but they're really zombie-like. Oh, I don't know. That's not my favorite so, kind and, of and then in the last two seasons, this was season four, three or four, and they're short, short seasons, the vampires mutated, so now they're daywalkers. Ugh. <sighs> I I like vampires that are like classical vampires. When the second you start zombifying anything, it gets boring. I don't know. I like an adversary that's intelligent. That can fuck with your brain like a yeah. vampire can. And there's there's like different species of vampires, so there's like the old original ones who are smart and can like have brains. Now you sound like underworld shit. And then there's like the new vampires and they're brainless. They're just like Wah, like zombies. This sounds like underworld. That whole thing. Isn't there a bunch of that nonsense in there too? Yeah. Okay. It's all pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> Run around, fight each other. He dies, he comes back to life. Who does? All the characters. Oh. Anyway, it's fine. Vanessa Van Helsing. <laughs> I, like, half-watched it when I was doing a bunch of other stuff, so uh. I can't tell you much other than, like, I don't know. Is it spooky or scary? Spooky. Is it as scary, scary as a werewolf bar mitzvah? You know it. Okay. All right. Well. That's all. That's all I got. Cool. Today, we are going to talk about a little movie called Sleepy Hollow. I'm excited about this because I know for a fact that we are on opposite sides on this one a little bit. Just maybe fun. Maybe. I mean, it all depends on the mood I'm in. That's the true. We're recording. You will change your mind a lot because even as we were, you were talking about Hoobie Halloween, I was thinking back to when we episode beep where Insert we talked episode title where here. we talked about where we did um, a bracket. Mm. of whatever movies. Sports movies. Sports movies. Yeah, we did and March Madness when was there was like, no March Madness. I was like, was my favorite movie Happy Gilmore? It was up there. I don't I remember. I think it was, and yours was Tin Cup. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot that. Yeah, it's, it's been terrible. a long year. That's what I'm saying, and then I was like, wait, was it? And I was like, shit, I do not remember what I say on these podcasts. And you know what? We probably were real smart and wrote it down somewhere, but we probably didn't. <laughs> What's great is that if we went back and recorded some of the episodes that, of the movies we've done, I would like to do a side-by-side comparison and be like, how consistent am I in my thoughts and beliefs and how just fucking random am I? know I? my tin cup went far. I don't know if it was number one, but I remember, I kind of remember you saying Happy Gilmore one, which is, yeah. and this is like our favorites or whatever. We weren't saying like yeah. it was the best movie. It was but. like a bracket. So, you know, you know. Yeah. Some things get... Unexpectedly displaced. displaced yeah. or, right. I put okay. a lot of, I recall putting in a lot of effort in creating the bracket, but yes. then now I've already completely forgotten what we've so, done. So, as I'm thinking about what made me think about that is like, who knows what I'm going to say about Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> and I don't know. We're just going to, we're going to find out. <laughs> and we watched it a week ago, so maybe I mean, your memory is completely It could go different. anywhere. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we talk about what we remember or, or yes? 
Yes. I mean, we can. Yeah, that. that works, right? So what do you remember? This is a segment where we typically... I don't do it because I am a slacker. Mm-hmm. We write down what we remember about the movie before we watch it to see how well we remember it, etc. I wrote, Tim Burton goes all Tim Burton with his go-to guy Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane investigating the Headless Horseman. And Christina Ritchie is involved and it's super moody and over-the-top violent. Heads will roll was the tagline in the marketing and it didn't lie. I was still very much into the Tim Burton aesthetic back in 1999, but does his mediocre next 20 years as a filmmaker sour these earlier efforts? I ended with a question. And I think it's interesting that we're doing, I don't know if this is our first Tim Burton movie, but the way that we do this, this show, because we just kind of pick like, what are we in the mood for? We'll yep. pick something. Yep. So we end up doing Sleepy Hollow before you, we would do maybe what other people would consider to be like better or more like iconic Tim Burton movies. Totally. But you know, that's the way it is. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, so. I thought I wrote what I remember. I don't know where I wrote it. You? I wrote it on pen and paper. And I don't know where that notebook is. <laughs> but now I remember that I wrote it down on pen and paper. But essentially, here's what I remember. Mm-hmm. It's a movie mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp mm-hmm. and Christina Ricci's mm-hmm. in it. And I don't remember much about this movie because clearly it's a slightly forgettable movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert on this discussion. For about... 75% of the movie, you were for sure certain that you had never seen it before. And then toward the end, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen this. I am i don't know if I saw it or not. <laughs> you still don't know. I That's still, what's funny. I'm not convinced. That's what's funny. But then I am convinced because I'm like, no, I clearly saw it, but it's so forgettable. But it, Or it, it was very popular when it came out, so you, there, you might have been familiar with it. So Okay, let's talk about when this came out so with some... High stats. High stats. High stats. Okay. Sleepy Hollow was released November 19th, 1999. Mm-hmm. That's close to my birthday. It is. Mm, that would have been my 16th birthday. Yeah, I was not watching this for my 16th birthday. Really? Even in the, the heat, the heart of the Johnny Depp uh, eccentric heartthrob that he was before Pirates and Maybe before I couldn't everything else. else to watch it because I was definitely into Johnny Depp. I it's R. It was R and you were only 16 and you might not have been able to like easily get in. That's true. Or convince my parents to get watch it. Like that was around the time when it was never hard for us to get into R-rated movies when we were a little bit younger until there was this Freddy period. Got Fingered came out. Yes. And then it was all like, we can't let 16-year-olds into movies because yes. of Freddy Got Fingered. And, and so, then they had to start putting up the little pieces of typed yeah. out paper that so were then like, we if were you getting, don't have your ID, blah, blah, To the point parents. where even when we were 17, we were getting like getting carded a lot more, which yep. is weird. It's like, who gets carded at age 17? Yep. But yeah, that happened. That was a thing. So, but I ended up going to Sleepy Hollow. Probably, I think I don't think I went with my parents. I think it was just the time when they're just like, "Oh yeah, one for Sleepy Hollow." And they're like, "Okay," and it was no. fine. No, yep. It is rated R, as you said. Clocks mm-hmm. in at an hour and forty-five mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is directed by Tim Burton, based on the Washington Irving story, "The Legend of Sleepy Hollow." Yep. Screenplay written by Kevin Yeager. Okay. I was gonna see if you knew him. You're so good at names. Uh, top of my head, no. Okay. The top cast is Johnny Depp, yep. Christina Ricci. Uh, which we just, she was in our Adams Family episode, so we were continuing the Christina Ricci uh, a thon for at least this episode. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Miranda Richardson. Yep. Michael Gambon. Michael Who's Gambon. Make the great Michael Gambon, who was the, was D- uh, Dumbledore in the past the first two movies, so when, after Richard Harris died, he took over the role for the remainder of the series. Casper Van Dien. <laughs> Starship Groupers guy. 
I don't know how you know these people. It's my time, man. I saw it's these my movies. my time. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who was featured in a couple episodes ago of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Criminal Investigations. Awkward. <laughs> uh, Richard Griffiths. Richard Griffiths is another, he's a Harry Potter alum. He is the, isn't he the Dursley guy? Uh, Uncle the Dursley. Dad. The shitty dad. The yeah. shitty Uncle Dursley. Yep. Yeah. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott, as you would know, is Emperor Palpatine uh, yeah, in is, Star Wars. This movie is loaded. Yep. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken in, like, kind of a scene and a half. Yep. yep. Uh, Christopher Lee is in, like, one scene in the beginning as a judge. Like, this thing's stacked with people. Uh, Martin Lando has an uncredited cameo in the beginning. He gets, he's the first victim in this movie. Uh, it's loaded. It's loaded with people. What was the estimated budget for this movie? I mean, 99 is probably pretty spendy, but, like, still 99, like, 70 million. 100 million dollars. Yeah, it's an expensive-looking movie. It does look, it looks like it's on the screen. And what do you think it grossed? I keep forgetting, too, they had to, like, keep digitally removing the, the body running around, too. So that's a lot of VX oh, work, too. Oh, the Headless Horseman. So not only you have a huge production design budget, but you do have a... Like, I was thinking, like, oh, the CGI in it's not very much and it's bad. But no, there's actually quite a bit of good CGI because they do remove the, the horseman's head. I guess I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's totally just... They had someone running around and they just digitally removed that. I thought they did it some other magical no, way. Like just having a guy poke his head under? Yeah. Which I've they could have done. I've seen those guys in America's Got Talent do those dance moves where they take their yeah. heads off. So. Well, they might have done it a little bit, but... Um, what was your guess on what it made? It made a lot. It made probably at least $100 million in this country. Well, I would hope it made at least $100 million. They spent $100 million. But, I don't know. I want to say like 300 worldwide? No. $100 million here, 101 and 200 So worldwide. $300 million worldwide total? No. Or just another 100 Cumulative worldwide okay, gross. Okay, so another 200. 100 Okay, well, I mean, they made their money. Broke even, at least. That's yeah. a $100 million is a lot to spend on a movie. Yeah, probably rented pretty well. Rented well, probably. Obviously not. I don't remember renting it. <laughs> Jeez, you're kind of anti this movie, huh? I'm not anti this um, movie. Okay. So, so that wraps up High Stance. Are you... Uh, it's hard to say, because I, I tease this a little bit, but are you, in general, like, a Tim Burton guy, or is there a point where, like, you don't care about Tim Burton anymore... As a filmmaker, because, I mean, he did have a streak in the 90s where uh, everything he made was, you know, good, essentially. Well, let's just do... Oh, we've done a, we've done, a Mar- we've done Mars Attacks, which was his uh, was a Tim Burton let's movie. Let's just do a little tea time with Tyler. Okay. Even though my tea's mostly full, because it was really fucking hot that you cooked me tonight. I boiled it. You boiled the shit out of it. I boiled it. It's probably just now drinkable. I boiled it. But let's do a little tea time with Tyler. Okay. And now I've already tipped you off, so hopefully you're thinking It's going to be head. some Tim Burton movies, probably. Tyler, as many as you can name in the time it takes me to refill my very full teacup, name some movies that Tim Burton has directed. I'm going to start with the ones I think that are good. So we got Beetlejuice, we got uh, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, which I think is better. We should get to that at some Hold point. Why haven't you started um, uh, Ed Wood, which is probably one of my favorites of his. Uh, Corpse Bride. Right. Well, it's full. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he made this. He made Mars Attacks. He made uh, Big Fish. Was his like yes. uh, Oscar-y thing in two thousand ish. I feel like we went through this list. Um, probably. And then more recently, it's been like not good. Miss Peregrine's. Uh, what well, that was fine. What was that thing called? Miss Peregrine's uh, Spooky Place for Spooky Things. I don't know. What Home it was. for Peculiar Children. <laughs> That's Based it. on a book. Dark Shadows, which is a wretched movie. He made okay. a a wretched Planet of the Apes movie. He made. Uh, He's only pre- he pre- he gets a lot of credit for the Nightmare Before Christmas, but he was only like a producer on that. Um, okay, you pretty much nailed it. So yeah, 
starting with like Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, uh, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's the one I said was shitty. I just said that. I know. You mean a shitty I know, with Marky Mark. I was just connecting like, what? Yeah. Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Johnny Depp one. I forgot Corpse that one. Bride. Corpse Bride. I said. Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah, he made Sweeney Todd, which is actually, I think, is okay. Alice in Wonderland, Dark oh, Shadows, yeah, Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie's okay. Big Eyes. Big Eyes wasn't great. Dumbo. Oh, yeah, we watched Dumbo. Honestly, Dumbo might be the better of all those live-action Disney movies that came out recently. I am, so to answer your question, mm-hmm. I am a big Tim Burton fan. Did you still, I mean, because I know we saw Miss Peregrine in the theater, and you were kind of into that. It was middling, but it was you were I lo- in the I bag like for it. that. Yeah, I just like, I like his style, I like his his voice, his perspective, his his spookiness, his flair. I, I think that... Uh, all I mean, he's. It's been a long time since he's made like some. I mean, I think Ed Wood is genuinely great. I think, um, you know, I like Beetlejuice quite a bit. I like Batman Return. I, you know, Batman is is what for what it was at the time. I, it's to me that movie is dated, but and I like Batman Returns better. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's been movies that have been good and I enjoy. Um, I just think some of the lousy ones like Dark Shadows and. The Planet of the Apes movie kind of start, you know, you start thinking about the 2000s with Tim Burton as not being great. But, I mean, Planet of the Apes, he was stepping out of his But they've, they went on, zone. yeah, but they went ahead and made, well, I know, but they went ahead and made some good Planet of the Apes movies after that, so it's not like he so couldn't clearly, have. he does better in, in his lane. Like, stay in your Ed lane. Ed Wood is maybe arguably, I mean, it was about a guy who made horror movies or whatever, but it was out of his lane. Barely. People like Big Fish. That's been a movie I have not seen in a while, and I wonder how, like, is that overly sentimental? Is that a movie that works anymore? I'm not yeah. sure. I, that would be interesting to go back and watch at some point. I just like that he's drawn to just slightly weird stuff with, a like, a sense of humor, but kind of a... And I kind of appreciate... I'm, I'm in the minority, and I kind of appreciate the Johnny Depp, uh, Charlie and the Chocker Factory. I think it's not as good as the other one, and it's... There's some weird things about it, but I also think it's okay. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I in the minority about it. that, I suppose. But no, I liked it. Um, it's not as good as the original, but that's fine. Um, and I don't know. But oh, it's the Oompa Loompas ruined that movie. That was not good, yeah. If it didn't, didn't have like that, that it would have been... And I, it was better. at a time when, you know, we... You know, the, again, this... It's also tough because the, culturally we've really soured on Johnny Depp the last couple of years, right? Like, for extracurricular reasons right um and you know that plus maybe too many pirates movies probably uh, we uh, and then it, it became evident that he was some of the strangest he was being to, bringing to roles was almost to be strange for strange sake and it didn't, wasn't feeding a performance whereas i think tim burton at least early on in their c- collaboration or it's it's off and on like maybe he's going too far in charlie the chocolate factory but like i think sweeney todd he's kind of playing that part well in that movie. And then I think in Sleepy Hollow, the oddness of Johnny Depp is a is an is an asset, I think. The whatever he let him do or he told him to do is a play on this part that works for the movie. It works mm-hmm. in its favor. Mm-hmm. Because he plays Ichabod Crane, who's like an investigator who's investigating a murder, seemingly a guy, he's the hero of the movie, and he's a bit of a coward. <laughs> Yeah, he's slightly kind of grossed out by blood. Yes, and he's freaked out, and when it becomes apparent that there is really a headless horseman, he, like, hides under bed covers. He faints. Yeah. He passes out. And, and I don't know, I, I there's a, that's enough of an angle to be like, okay, like, that's something that you can hook onto here. Um, so I think that he's pretty good in it. Christina Ricci, 
especially after watching her as much younger in the Adams Family movies, she feels wrong for this part. Yeah, I mean, I if she if she does well when she plays like a slightly strange character who's a little odd and a little spooky, and in this she's playing like the straight female. But not which which is frustrating because so she's playing the daughter of one of the ta- head townspeople and it for a while it just feels like she's a a, a regular quote unquote like damsel right mm-hmm. she's playing it kind of like soft spoken she like kisses him right when he comes into mm-hmm. town because she's being you know she's wearing a blindfold or whatever at this party but it's revealed later that she's like there, there's, a, there's a red herring with her like drawing like satanic lines under the bed or whatever it turns a out that witchcraft it's it's witchcraft it turns out that she's trying to like do good spells but like there's an opportunity there for her to be a little bit odd or feel a little bit yes. darker than it is but it, the performance never goes there so um yeah well what should we talk about other than the performance wise of the two leads i it sounds like you think this movie's forgettable because it because it is, and okay. it also... So the things that you like about it... Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you're right. Like, uh, Johnny Depp like, makes an interesting Ichabod character. Yeah. But as a movie as a whole, I wasn't, like... I wasn't entertained that much. Okay. It was a little flat, emotionally flat. Samey, samey. There were a few scenes where mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, that got really like gory. Yeah. But it's also kind of funny, but also like super gory, yeah. which is unsettling. Hmm. You're describing why I like it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I liked those parts, but then flat the rest. So this is, I'm not, I wouldn't consider either of us to be, so it's, oh, every October, I think we probably mentioned this. It's only been like two since we started the podcast, but. Uh, we're not like horror hounds, I would say. We don't watch a lot of horror movies. We'll see some, and we like a few, and that's fine. Yeah. But we're I not like, like craving it all the I time. I like thrillers. Yeah. I we're don't not, like gore. We're not like going to a lot of horror, and that's fine. You know, like I can appreciate good horror, and I do, but it's not something that I'm like watching every... I'm not going to watch like the the Hoobie Halloween version of every horror movie comes out, you know what I mean? Whereas... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um but this is a subgenre of horror that I really like. I've I've learned about myself that I I like horror movies that are like usually ghost centric mm. and like gothic, uh, gothic setting, gothic background, moody gothic, okay. haunted house type of stuff. Like Crimson Peak from a couple years ago. Like no one really loved that movie, but I was that was my jam. Like Guillermo del Toro like doing a haunted house movie. Like that was he's doing like he's apparently Didn't still working go on to that movie with like a friend. Yeah, I saw it. I, I saw, we ended up seeing it separately, but we yeah. did see it. Um, Where did I go with? To see I don't that? remember. Like just a coworker, I think. Um, that's beside the point. But, <laughs> but that's weird. Anyway. He's actually working on the haunted mansion, like a like at the Disney. They're trying to do that again, and he's the one that's trying to spirit Who's that. The one? Guillermo del Toro. That's the smart play. Well, see, I like I, I like, but it. I like that that zone. And this mm-hmm. movie is just so over the top with its production design and with its just like this is a gothy, moody, period horror movie where we're. The colors sucked out except for black, gray, white, and when there's blood, a lot of red, right? And I, I love all that. The music, uh, the, the Danny Elfman score, it's bombastic. The mm-hmm. way it plays, like, the way it comes on after the, this, there's this early, uh, a prologue where we see Johnny Depp. Well, we see the first Headless Horseman thing, and then we see Johnny Depp crane in the city, and he gets sent, right? And then we get a title sequence where he's riding in the carriage, and it's just like this bombastic music. Yeah. I like all that, and I, and then yeah, like the way that this movie, <laughs> so you have the this air of stuffiness, right? A little bit. It's it's 
being held up of like, look, look at these, all these British hatchers we brought in to braid these American parts. And it just feels like we're all stuffy. Right. But then like the, the gore level and just the level of just the, the first that he's a cat, you know, I could crane's playing this coward. So he's already not like the typical, like stalwart Hero. leader. Mm hmm. Uh, then yeah, like when these heads start rolling, I mean, I I I thought the campaign was great. It was like heads will roll, and it, like there's so many beheadings in this movie. <laughs> like it's just one after another. Like so many people. And get I would their say heads it's not out. a it's not a quantity of heads. It's really not that many. It's a lot for like. It's probably like six or seven. It's like half the town. <laughs> like seven doesn't no, feel like. I, feel, I well, feel like it's seven. The flashback with Christopher Walken, they add it. They tack on a bunch there. True, but what uh, I was going to say, it's not quantity here. It's quality. So each head beheading is significant. It's significant, and it, it kind of culminates early, where I, I think it's Richard Griffiths, where he's, uh, you know, he's chipped off Johnny Depp or Ichabod Crane to something. Uh, about the mystery of all this, right? And why this is happening. And he's about to leave. He's got, like, this cross that's supposed to protect him or whatever. And then, like, that's the part of the trailer where he's like, there's never been a horseman. It's all, it's a human person. You know, like, they're playing that game where he doesn't believe it. Well, early in the movie, they're just like, yeah, no, listen. This is a magic guy that's coming and killing. So that's right when he shows up. It's the middle of the day. I mean, it's all dark anyway. But then he comes up and he lobs this guy's head off. And it, it, it does a, it's spin, it's, it's yep. cartoonish. It's it spinning. Does, yep. And it lands in Ichabod Crane's crotch, yeah. face up with his eyes up. And he's it's fallen just, to the ground. His yeah. legs are spread in the, and that's when he's like covering legs. his head over the, with the blankets afterwards. Um, I he just, passes out. it's just so over the top. And I just, I, he, I appreciate the audacity. I'm just like, yep, they're really going for it, aren't they? If you're going to do like this classic tale of a headless horseman, which is like, I mean, they made an animated Disney version of this for God's sake, right? Like, this is the way to, like, really go over the top with it. I like that it's, like, this $100 million R-rated version of this story. And it's just crazy. And there's parts that I don't like. And there's... It's not a gr- tight script by any means. It's it, padded. And it's convoluted. and chopped out. All this... There's this sequence... There's this several sequences of a flashback of Ichabod Crane as a child. And he learns that his mother was a witch and that his dad, like, murdered her, essentially. Okay... Fine. It doesn't go anywhere in the story. It doesn't mean anything to think anything later. Like, it just doesn't apply. Other than, like, his mom was witchy, and so right. is Christina Ricci. Yeah, but that, I mean, but that's already a part of the movie that's not working, so yeah. it's just, like, this Agreed. added thing. And then, like, you know, the... For a movie about a guy who likes to, Or about a ghost that lobs people's heads off, like, the reason why, and he's being controlled is a little bit convoluted. Like, the reason yes. why they're cutting people's heads off, to the point where the villain at the end, and it's delivered by Miranda Richardson in a juicy, amazing way, but she's monologuing, like, the way that, like, Syndrome of the Incredibles talks about, like, for a long time, because she has to explain all this shit that's going on. Like, well, no, I had to do, kill this person because of this, and I had to kill this person because of this, and I had to kill people. So, I mean, it's kind of funny. And at that funny. point in the movie, though, even as you, even before she does her monologues, as you as Ichabod is starting to solve, yeah, solve it. I just don't care about all of that. It's a little much, and I would say that that's a legitimate criticism, and that the, the story's not tight. And I the, like the characters. Issues. Yeah, I like the horsemen. I like the chopping off of the heads. That's about it. The rest is just that, there's so much of that in this movie. Um, I think that there is a couple of good sequences on using the bridge, the covered bridge. Yeah, one point where he's that. getting chased out of town, where it's a fake out, and then later when Casper Bandine, who's a dick, who is the one who's teasing him earlier, uh, he decides that like what I love it is just like 
he, he this he, you know this guy's gonna die, but mm-hmm. it's still early enough in the movie. It's like oh, this guy's gonna be annoying for another hour. But he's like, no, like he sees the ghost and Johnny Depp's or Ichabod Crane. I don't want to keep saying his name, but Ichabod Crane keeps saying like, no, he's not after you. Don't go after him. He's like, I'll get him. And mm-hmm. you're just like, you dummy. So then he goes and has like a sword fight with him, and he gets and his he head. holds his own pretty good it's for a little good while. Sword fight. Yeah, but then he gets he gets bisected, <laughs> trisected. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was trisected because the Headless Horseman has two swords. Oh, it's amazing. And does, like, this crisscross action. It's amazing. Um, it's like... And I, I just love the excess. Is that, that excessiveness of the violence, it's, it's, it's supposed to be campy and kind of funny, right? Mm-hmm. There's parts where he's investigating the stump of somebody, and there's, like, bugs coming out of it, and he's, he has to get this little magnifying glass out, and he's clearly grossed out by it, and we're all grossed out by it. But it's just like, here it is. Keep looking. Uh, he has to, he, the stupid guy tells, like, the one guy is like, well, there's, there was two bodies in the, the grave, not one, and no one can figure out what that means. It's a female with two bodies in the, in the, in the, like, figure that out. Like, it's not that hard of a mystery, Ichabod Crane. But he has to do an autopsy to, to like, confirm what we think, which is that she was with child. And he, like, is about to, they cut away from the autopsy, but then he comes out, covered in blood <laughs> like he's just head to toe covered in blood that and, was good i and, liked that and then later when they find the magic tree or whatever they discover that they have to like you know he's trying to get into it a little bit and so he's poking at it and he's just gushing all over his face and all over everything when they're trying to get it just just so much of this and it's just See, like this gushing of of uh that's good i liked that scene as well you like a lot of the scenes and that's what i'm but saying i just don't like how it's put together as a movie oh and i like which i think is tim some of Tim Burton's challenges. No, I'm not. I, listen, I'm not. Listen, he creates good characters. He creates good scenes. It's a clunky script from whatever the guy you said. It's it's not perfect, but there's enough going on here that I just really appreciate. And I think it's rewatchable in that regard. I did really like the scene where the headless horseman is coming after a, a dude in his house. Uh huh. And then he obviously kills the, the dad, and then the mom's oh, like protecting okay. the child. Yeah, that is a scene that I think. So I don't think this movie's scary. No, at all. With the exception of this very well staged, kind of traumatizing sequence, yeah. it almost feels out of it's almost out of step with the rest of the movie mm-hmm. in that it's so effective and chilling. Yeah, because he murders this guy rather quickly, and then like the mom goes and hides the kid. There's a scene where he's like playing with the shadow box or whatever, so it's already setting this tone up in the room, right? Yeah, spooky. And, and number one, you don't usually. And it's still a thing. We don't really kill kids off in movies, right? Yeah. Um. Well, so she hides him under the ceiling. And under, then in the under the flooring of the house, and we get a sequence where you know it seems like he's trying not to be heard and all that, and he horseman lob you don't you don't see the woman get his head lobbed off, it just falls through the crack and her you eyes hear are the poking. Thunk. Yeah, you hear it, it roll. Yep, and then you see her eyeball looking down at the kid through the crack in the floor. Yep, and then that's um, fucking. It's messed up. Disturbing shit right there. It's messed up. And then, like, he seems like he's going to survive it, and then he hears it. Here's the kid coming back. The horseman hears him. And then you don't see... You don't see that happen, but at the end of the scene, he's stuffing a a third head into a bag. And it's suggested that he killed the kid. Just Um, fucked up. So it's a a pretty intense scene in the middle of this, like, kind of a a campy uh, depiction. Mm Um but I, I like it. It's a good. It's a, it's an effective scene. It's chilling. It is a chilling scene. I, another. I, I'm just gonna talk. I'm just. I'm defending the movie with like sequences. There's a lot of good sequences in this in, in this movie when they're all hiding in the church and he can't go in to the the, the horseman can't the, go into the religious sacred. 
So half of your British, all your these actors that you know, half of these guys that are still alive, all decide to like basically kill each other in this moment. They lose their shit. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones gets his head whacked out. Emperor Palpatine is down on the ground. They kill each other. Basically, except Two for the them. third guy, I think it's is it Michael Gammon that he like he gets a stump from like a like from a the fence. And like hooks a chain onto it, and like chucks it into the church through the window, and like you know slices, stabs, stabs him right, right to the chest, gut. and then like hooks him out, and then jumps like a fish. Up. God, it's so great. It was pretty dark. <laughs> it's insane. Then lops off his head. I love it. It's insane. And then I feel like the ending is a precursor to like the sequence plays out as what I think that they were going for in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. This comes out before this. We get this big sequence where they're in the windmill. Miranda Richardson, who's the wife of the main guy who's revealed to be controlling the ghost of um, the Headless Horseman, who is played in flashbacks by uh, a, a Christopher Walken with sharp, like, uh, like, like monster teeth or like uh, dog teeth. I don't know what they're you even call vicious. it. Um, I do want to pause you right there. Speaking okay. of Christopher Walken. Yeah. And just read a quick couple sentences from... What would Roger say? Say. Roger Ebert, a movie critic from the back in the day. He's dead now. He's dead. Um, anyway, so at the end of his review, mm-hmm. he just says, Note, no power on earth could drag from me the identity of the unbilled actor who plays the horseman when he has a head. But you will agree he is the only logical choice. And you, you know what's weird is that I feel like they gave that away. Like in the trailers, maybe, at some point. I don't point. think so. They didn't. Uh-uh. Maybe some reviewers did afterwards. I'm glad that he didn't. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's weird because it's only like two minutes of the movie. But when you see him in his weird sharpened teeth, yeah. it's almost like vampire Like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of supernatural things. So it definitely seems like a supernatural mouth. And his skin's all weird color and his hair's crazy. But it's fucked up. He's cr- yeah. scary. Well, and it's funny. He briefly comes back when he gets his head. Like, part of the curse is that he's missed the Miranda Richardson's holding onto his head. And that's how she controls him, right? Mm-hmm. So his head grows back in a bad form of CGI. But it's, well, first of all, he catches the skull one-handed, this headless horseman, yeah. which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, his own skull. And he sticks on his head, and then there's some bad CGI. There's earlier bad CGI I could but talk then... briefly about. So then it turns into Christopher Walken's head, and so he's in the movie, but he doesn't have any, he doesn't say anything. There's just a couple times where he goes, with yeah. <laughs> sharp teeth, and it's yep. very funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about what he does with the actress. Oh, she... Oh yeah, he kisses Miranda Richardson. He grabs her and then pulls her up her. on his horse. Yeah. and then he kisses her, but he bites his, her with his sharp <laughs> teeth. And all you start seeing is like she's being forced to kiss him, and then you start to see some blood dripping out of the side of her mouth. And then he, she gets pulled off. And then he goes, Rah! and then he sucks her into the tree. That's delightful. It's <laughs> fucked up because you're you're imagining as they're kissing that he's just like gnawing at her. Fucking oh, he's a sharp teeth. Blech. So no, before that though, like I love this sequence at this windmill where they blow up the windmill and. It's a big old CGI thing. But then they have, like, this carriage chase. Yes. And the horseman's chasing him in the carriage. It's Christopher... Christopher. Christina Ricci. There's this kid that it was an orphan that's kind of hanging around See, Johnny Depp for a while. character... He doesn't need to be in the movie. Forgettable, stupid... He's just there for Ichabod Crane to talk to somebody. That's it. It'd be better if Ichabod was talking to himself. Yeah, it'd be better, probably. I mean, it doesn't need that kid. I know. I Who cares? But it, I don't think that's a... It's not a big deal. It's not like a bad actor. It's totally forgettable. He's just a up guy. Until this He's just second, a kid that's around. Up until this second, you forgot that character was part of the movie. I did. I completely forgot. <laughs> um, but no, like, you get this great sequence where he's 
they're chasing the horseman's chasing him. He's trying to cause a distraction. He's falling off the carriage. He's riding on the front of the carriage. He's getting drugged behind the carriage, and it because it, it, he's playing Ichabod Crane is kind of this like not a strong human being physically, but also a little bit of a coward, and he's frightened. Like, it just had that vibe of, like, what they eventually go for with, like, drunken Jack Sparrow getting into these, like, fight sequences and adventure things. And I was like, that's... This is why that... that This is why Pirates of the Caribbean works. It's just fun. It's a fun action set piece, but it's super moody. The music's blasting. Oh, that's a bingo, um, by the way. What? I told you the other day when we recorded that if you used a certain word, I was gonna say that's a bingo. What's the word? What do you think the word is? Moody? The word is moody. Yeah, it's moody. Well, I like it. And here's why it's a bingo. Okay. What would Roger say? I didn't read the review. I know you didn't, (laughs) but it's weird because you have been using the word moody a lot recently in both the Addams Family movies and... I like moody. This movie in particular. Yeah. Anyway, so Roger Ebert says the ending... I'm trying to make sure... Yep. The ending is perhaps too traditional... Which I agree. We know the requirements of the genre absolutely insist on a struggle between Crane and the Horseman. Yeah. Followed by an explanation for his strange rides and harsh justice for those who deserve it. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it's all just like screenplay nonsense. Yep. Burton, at least, does not linger over these episodes or exploit <laughs> them. He's too much in love with his moody setup mm-hmm. to ruin the fun with final overkill. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like, yeah, that's why I'm saying it's funny when Miranda Richardson kind of, like, rants for five minutes. Nobody really cares. Just like, whatever. Here comes the horseman. Let's have another sequence where he they get chased. Yeah. And that's what it's for. It's yeah. not... This movie's not trying to... It, like, it, it... Tim Burton knows the script's not great. I'm just... That's... I'm putting that out there. Yeah. He knows it's not a great script. And they're just like, well, let's just... We'll make it work. I think you would agree with Ebert when he says, the most astonishing thing for me about the movie wasn't the horseman anyway, but the fact that I actually found myself drawn into this old classics illustrated material enthralled by a time and place so well evoked that the horseman almost seemed natural there. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I like but it. Moody is such a word to describe a movie. That's what it is, though. It's moody. Atmospheric. It's got that gothic horror vibe. It's Everything's big. It's over the top. I like it. I just... This is, this is my jam. That's and I'm willing bingo. to forgive... I can willing to forgive a not great script, which I admit it's not. But there's enough of Tim Burton's magic working here that yeah, it works. I could see that. It works for me anyway. I like it. I just wanted more of the good stuff and less of the slow, boring stuff. I mean, there's some of that, but I don't know. It feels like there's like, not five minutes goes by before someone gets their head chopped off. So I need more. I need just like, just pound I, me hard the there's whole a, time. There's a fine line. You have to be careful. I like what you're saying. That's what she said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want the slow, boring stuff. Plus, I don't. It I'm not a build tension. I what I like about horror in general. I don't. I'm not. I don't. Jump scares are annoy me. I don't like it. I don't like being faked out with fake shit. This movie's not doesn't do that. It it's not trying to be like scary. It does definitely does not fall in the thriller category so, at all. There's just zero tension. It feels like I don't think that, I disagree with that a little bit. But uh, there, you're, you're like know what's coming. It's a thriller. Like an action movie might be a thriller a little bit, but not like a. Like a oh no, someone he's not going to survive or I don't know what you but mean. By I don't thriller. know. At no point was I like, oh, I wonder who, who except for that sequence with the kid. Who. Yeah, no, and you don't. Care. Well, no, the mystery of it doesn't matter. That's yeah. too convoluted. But I kind of like a good mystery. 
Yeah, but that's not what this is. And I know it's set up, and part of the movie's failing is that it is set up to be a mystery and it's not a great mystery. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, and I, I also I don't like that. how it tries to do the misdirect with Christina where it's like, oh, she's oh, we know that's probably the bad guy. And that's just fucking annoying. It might have worked better if the character was a little bit more not the way it's performed or what it's the way it's portrayed. If she was like actually threatening at all. Or something. Just yeah. some some kind of nuance to that besides just like, you have my heart, sir, or you know. <gasps> it's just not, not good. <sighs> She's so wispy in this one. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't, I don't care for that performance. But I like Christina Ricci in general, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, I don't know. That's all I have to say. Seems like I feel like I convinced you. <laughs> so what you're saying is if like Next year, you're like, hey, you want to watch Sleep a Hollow? Would I like, I've like, never seen that before. I'd be like, what? what? I'm not sure if I've seen that. Listen, Probably. all I know is that I pulled the DVD. Did we pull the... No, you know what? Never mind. It was on some streaming you're platform. So, such I was going to say, if I think I have the DVD, and I could see if you watched it, if whether it was opened or not. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, though. It doesn't. It means that we, you and I didn't watch it together. True. So... That's um, true. That, that would be a possibility, but I don't know. Anyway... That's all I have to say about it. That was Sleepy Hollow from 1999. Yeah. Great. You can go stream it and then forget about it. <laughs> all right, guys. That is our episode that is here on this podcast. <laughs> We're not Old good millennials at remember movies. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you another movie. Heads will roll. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just we didn't we didn't we didn't didn't nail that ending. <laughs> we rarely do. Never.